Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. And welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us today. I have a fabulous treat in store for you today. My friend and LinkedIn rock star, Kristen Sherry, is on the Intentional Encourager podcast. You can find a ton of her resources, and I would highly encourage you to go find her resources. Her latest book, Your Team Loves Mondays, right, is now available on sale. And for a lot of you out there during some uncertain times at the time we record this podcast, I'd highly recommend you go get her uh, most recent book besides your team. And that is a book called UMAP, and it is a fabulous resource, but a fabulous person behind these resources joining me today, Kristen Sherry. Kristen, how are you this morning? Hey, I'm doing well, Brian. Thanks for having me. I, uh, I just finished doing interview prep with my 19-year-old son. He has a job interview today. Did you have him use UMAP? Yes, in fact, he has a UMAP. We went That's through wonderful. his UMAP. <laughs> we wrote his uh, unique contribution statement so he could share the unique value he's positioned to bring Target should they hire him. And we went through the job description, the Target job description. It's a cashier role. And we looked through the job description and what they were looking for and connected that to his UMAP and came up with a couple of stories. Like, for example, they're looking for uh, friendly and positive people. And so I we told a story how when he was working at a Christmas tree lot, he was one of the highest, he received like really high tips from customers because of his friendly engagement with them. So we just went through, he doesn't have a lot of work experience. He's in college. And so we, we just went through and tied the, the job description to his UMAP and, and worked through a lot of the stuff that's in five surprising steps, like the five things employers want to know. We went through the what's your weakness and how do you show that you're working on growing that weakness, which luckily he already was. And, um, you know, how to build rapport and, and how in the times of the coronavirus pandemic at the time of this <laughs> recording, mm-hmm. uh, it, we don't have the handshakes and all of that. So I was talking about the importance of smiling and eye contact. <laughs> no, that's, that's exactly right. And, and, you know, who wants to hire somebody that's unfriendly? I mean, you know, I'm sure every business out there goes, we need unfriendly people to represent us in the marketplace and, and deal with <laughs> right? customers. Yeah. But no, that's cool. You know, how, what kind of advantage, I mean, that would be like, you know, Abner Doubleday teaching his son to play baseball, you know, or James Naismith teaching his son to play (laughs) basketball. Your son has such a built-in advantage with mom being the creator of the UMAP. And and I've got to ask you, I want to go back a little bit in your background and in your history, because you have such a fascinating way that you got from point A to point B when did you first realize that you had a gift for helping people? Well, I've always done it. So when I was leaving for college, uh, my boyfriend at the time told me that he was not going to go to college. And I said, 
you should go to college. And he said, no, I'm going to do air conditioning and refrigeration. He said, not everyone's book smart, Kristen, like that. And I said, no, nah, I know that I know that's true. College isn't for everyone, but that's not true of you. That's not your potential. And so I said, you should audit a class, just go and audit a class. We actually took exercise physiology together. We sat with each other. Um, we were not dating by that time though. <laughs> we had broke up, but he went. See, so he, he went still to helped him anyway. Yeah, and so he went. Uh, he went to to college. He ended up becoming a doctor. <laughs> so, Good for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From from not everyone's book smart, Kristen, to to Doctor Robinson. Yes. Well, you know, and and it's funny, Kristen, because when 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 I ask you that question, you know, what would immediately pop to mind is is that a single conversation, a single moment in time like that where, where something flipped inside of him that said, hey, maybe, maybe I don't want to do air conditioning and heating for a living. Maybe, I, maybe there is more to life than this. The, the, the aha moments that we have with people you know, and, and I know your background, you came up through leadership and things like that. Did you find yourself having a lot of those conversations with people going, I, I, I want, I thought I wanted to do this initially, but now my mindset is changing. Or maybe they came to you after you had a conversation and said, what you told me kind of changed and flipped my mindset. Have you run into a lot of those situations in your career? All the time. On Monday, I got a text from someone. Did you know you have influenced me? And it, and he put all the bullets of how he says that I've changed his life. Ultimately, he did the work, but he said, ultimately improved my personal life. And now I'm part of the leadership team, you know, where he works now. He was an individual contributor before, but anytime he had a crossroad in his career or even relationships, we worked together previously, he would give me a call and I would just listen and ask questions. I don't tell people what to do. I ask questions to help people get, you know, the answers to their own, their own questions. But I get Facebook messages. I just wanted to let you know that you changed my life. It's not something that I turn on on purpose. My, my natural gifting is helping people see their potential because I have maximizer as my number one strength and people with maximizer are good at seeing potential in people and helping them move into roles where they can live out their potential. So everybody has gifting that they do easily. And so you can take it for granted. And if it wasn't for the feedback loop of people saying, Hey, you changed my life and here's how I probably wouldn't even know I had that talent. You know, and it's funny because people all the time will say, I wish I could do this or if I had it to do over again, I would do that. The The first book that you wrote um, was a book about your mom. Mm -hmm. And, you know, take me back to that, that inspiration, because your mom has, has got a lot of those same giftings too. You, you, I know a little bit about your mom and she, she is a very inspirational person um, to not only you and, and through you with that first book, but also to people around her. I, I got to think that that at some point that in that that those aha moments just just came to one big one and said, I got to put this on paper. 
Well, it's interesting. I met this woman named Valerie McMurray who did research and ultimately created an assessment called the WISE Inventory. And the WISE is a woman um, inventory for success empowerment. It's the first female biased assessment for women. And it, and it discovers kind of where you rate on the five success factors for women. And as I'm meeting with this woman and looking at her assessment, I said, you need to write a book about this. And she just wasn't in that space at the time. She was busy. And I said, well, can I write a book about this? Because so many women experience this sort of glass ceiling effect where they feel like their career doesn't go any further. Whereas this actually, I guess would be go any farther. Sorry, <laughs> not further. What kind of an author am I anyway? So it's okay. I, I mean, you know, <laughs> I struggle with the English language on a daily basis. There you go. I am not an English professor. So she said that I could go ahead and write the book about the five success factors of women. And as I was reading them and going through them, I thought, geez, my mother really lives these out. Mm -hmm. So I thought I'm going to tell her story contextually and what she did and how she used each of the five success factors as a case study. And then I decided I got the idea to release the book on Mother's Day as a, a gift to my mother. And she was just completely thrilled. So I interviewed my mother for the book. I, I have an extraordinary mother and I feel very blessed for that. She has done nothing but encourage me my entire life. I cannot think of a bad word my mother has ever said to me. Actually, when I was 17 and I was being a total brat, she said, I hope someday you have a daughter every bit as rotten as you are. <laughs> what, a, what a bad thing to wish on your daughter. I mean, I had, I was, I was a challenging teenager, Brian. I have to tell you, I had pushed her to the point. I cannot see that. Yeah. Christ. Oh no. Yeah. I mean, I lied to my parents. I snuck out of the house and I, I was, uh, I was not uh, an easy teenager to raise. I was strong-willed. I was independent. I did whatever I wanted. I'm not a rule follower. And it just created a, a series of headaches for my parents. By the time I started to get boy crazy, I just was really a handful. And that's the only thing my mother, and she was partially joking, I think, but maybe not. But um, that's the only, those are the only harsh words my mother has said to me in my entire life. All my mother has ever done is affirm me and tell me I was going to do great things with my life. She, she spoke those words into me on a regular basis. She allowed me to unfold into who I was and gave me freedom and autonomy to discover who I was. She coached me and mentored me. She very proactively helped shape me into the person that I am today. So I, that well, and, and Jesus, of course, but those two people and my dad as has been instrumental in living out uh, sort of a moral code that I really respect. So I've been very fortunate. So it was a no brainer to, to write a book to honor my mother because she's the, these stories we talked about of people reaching out saying you changed my life. I mean, I first watched people doing that with my mother. And when I entered the workplace, I started working in Buffalo where my mother had had her career and mm -hmm. still does everywhere. I went, Judy Spears, your mother. Oh my goodness. Your mother is the most amazing person yeah. in the universe or your mother changed my life. And I actually started getting sick of it, to be honest with you. I'm like, been there, done what, that. Been there one more person with my tells dad, me yes. about how my mother, amazing my mother is, I'm going to just vomit. It was start, yeah. I was young in my career and I didn't 
appreciate it. And now I appreciate the impact she's had because she's left a legacy of me wanting to do that as well. You know something, and it's amazing how as kids, when we hear a lot of accolades about our parents, and I heard the same thing about my dad, that, you know, people would say, well, you look like your dad. Well, that prompted me to go get contact lenses and grow a beard. You know, so, <laughs> you know, I, I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to look like my dad, but you know, y- your mom's still obviously alive and doing very well. My dad passed away several years ago and, and you find that you hold on to those legacies. I got to ask you, Kristen, your mom was such an intentional encourager in your life. How fun has it been and how, how thrilling has it been for you as a parent now of kids to see her do that same thing in, in their lives? Because you have young adult children and you've got mm-hmm. young ones as well, too. Um, I got to think that is so thrilling to see your mom just pass that to your, your children. Oh, absolutely. My kids will tell me, oh, I talked to grandma on the phone today. She called me and um, my my oldest is almost 23 and then I have a 19 year old and they'll, they'll tell me about conversations they have with their grandmother. And it's so cool because I'm not even around for those conversations. And I have, one time I gave my oldest some advice around his academics and my mother gave him the same advice. And he's like, grandma is so wise. And I'm just saying, like that's exactly what I told you, but I didn't say it. Your kid, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Grandma, grandma is so wise, but you know, when 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 our when our parents when we're living in their house, Kristen, it's kind of like, well, yeah, they're they're wise. You know, I didn't think my dad was all that wise when I was seventeen. I was trying to do my own thing and be my own person. And, Mm -hmm. you know, now that I'm 47 and my dad's not here, it's like, yeah, my dad passed me a lot of wisdom that I, I I probably should have held on to a great deal. When you think about your young daughters and and the books that you've written, does legacy come into your mind as something you've just written your fourth book, you're working on number five, you've got a children's series coming out. Do those things, do you think, will define your legacy when, yes. when, when you're gone? Yes, absolutely. I think about legacy every day. So my daughters are in the children's book series. Two of the four books are written. I'm going to write the other two next month because um, it doesn't take me very long to write children's books. I've kind of figured out how I like to approach it. And once I figure it, once I crack that code, it's, it's easier for me to repeat it. The first one was a little challenging, a lot challenging. I have to give a shout out to Wendy Gilhua, who is the author of the Pika Bunny series. She really was so extraordinary, extraordinarily helpful. If anyone is looking to write a children's book, I recommend just hiring her for an hour or two to help get you straight. She saved me a lot, a lot, a lot of headaches. But anyway, legacy is, is everything to me. Legacy is sort of my focus right now. And I think about what I'm putting out into the world and my kids will have that forever. So that's one of the reasons I write dedications to them in my books and I put them as characters in my children's books. I really want to make a difference in people's lives, but I'm starting to now focus not on legacy of total strangers, but my own family. And so that, that creates intentional parenting. That's a, before, you know, I was really caught up in just work cleaning a house, doing whatever, and you're just living life. But now I'm trying to be very intentional, 
looking for opportunities to affirm my kids in their abilities to help them understand their calling in life. So I'm really trying to invest in my kids a lot more intentionally. And that's important because when, when kids discover that they matter and that they are valued and they are appreciated, it tends to put a light bulb off into them because, you know, my dad was that for me. My dad made me feel like Kristen, that I could do anything that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. When, when people feel that way and they feel empowered and, and, and kind of stepping forward into what you're doing now, when people feel like they have a sense of hope and a sense of encouragement, what triggers inside of them that you found that, that takes them from, from point A to point B in their careers? It makes all the difference in the world. I was very shocked when I became an adult and found out how limiting people think. As I started coaching people, I noticed the barriers that they would erect. Well, this is probably too good to be true. Well, this this thing happened for me. I hope it lasts. And I would say to people, why are you why are you doing that? Why are you catastrophizing? catastrophizing? I think that's a word. Why are you You just made it a word, okay? So yeah. you can do what This is your interview. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> but I I pay attention to the words people say and it's really amazing how people will put out there that well something's going to go wrong or well if I'm able to do that and I I don't ever talk like that. I'll say things like when I do this or I am doing this or I'm so excited that this is going to happen. I I just make the assumption it's a done deal. And I don't have those same barriers. And I can't take credit for that because it goes back to my parents and the hope and possibility that they instilled in me. Now, that's not to say that if you didn't have that experience, you can't still make a change in your life. In, In the book I'm writing now, Maximize 365, I have a lot of attention on mental wellness, health and wellness, and overcoming our experience biases. Our experience biases tell us, oh, we can't do this and we can't do that because our beliefs are fixed by about age eight. And so if we've been told you are this and that, these negative things, or you can't do that, or who do you think you are, or aren't you so smart, especially if we're raised with a lot of sarcasm from our parents or whoever our caregiver was. Uh, we, we carry those biases about ourselves into our adulthood, but you can arrest those patterns, those thought patterns by really paying attention. You can set an alarm twice a day to stop and say, what are the thoughts that I'm telling myself right now? Because those thoughts become things. People don't realize how destructive our thoughts are. They inform the risks we take or don't take. They inform the actions we take or don't take. And those thoughts become our life. Well, and, and again, what happens is, and, and I tell people all the time, the reason that I can do a lot of different things was because my dad pushed me to do a lot of different things. My dad literally was like, you know, not, not literally, but metaphorically, Kristen, my dad pushed me into the deep end of the pool and said, kick your arms, move your arms and kick your legs and swim. And it was the greatest lesson that I learned because 
my dad had all the confidence in me. My dad could jump in and save me if I was drowning. But my dad was like, you need to learn to do this on your own because if you don't, when you get when later in life, when you need to find those skills for yourself, you're not going to have the ability or you're not going to have the intestinal fortitude to call on those things. Kristen, now's a scary time for a lot of people. Obviously, at the time we're we're recording this podcast, we're in the we're in the throes of COVID-19 and a lot of people have either been furloughed. They have been, um, I got a call this morning from a friend of mine, 20 year employee at a company and they, he's been furloughed for three months. Mm. And, and so he's never been in this situation before. And, and a lot of people have never been in this situation before. What is for you the why behind helping those people get to where they want to be, even if they haven't been furloughed. UMAP is so powerful to me and five surprising steps. All your resources are just so powerful. But to me, those are, are powerful things because they tap into ourselves. So what, it, what was your why behind UMAP? What is your why going forward in helping people? Well, I think I'm just, wired to want to see people reach their potential because Maximizer is my driver. And so I've always done that everywhere I go. But really, the way I look at it is I think about we're given all of these gifts. When we're knitted together in our mother's womb, we have all of these gifts that we have been given. And there's just something about people living their life and then dying and returning to the creator with gifts they never unwrapped. I mean, I could literally start crying just saying that, like they have these beautiful gifts and they never unwrap them. That's you know, that really is, I, I got to jump in here. That is so powerful. I want you to say that again, because that is so powerful because I can see someone listening to this podcast and going, that's me. And the first reaction is, Oh my goodness. I feel like a failure, but that's not really what you're getting at, at the heart of, of what you're saying. It's not to make someone feel like a failure. It's just, you know, it's encouragement. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I hear that as encouragement of go ahead and unwrap those gifts that you haven't yeah. unwrapped before. Right. Absolutely. We have these uh, beautiful gifts beautifully wrapped, individually wrapped because they're unique to us. And we just never have the, I guess the, I don't know if it's, it's probably not curiosity, but maybe it is curiosity to look inside. Well, the gifts are actually inside us. So you have to kind of look in that jar, mm -hmm. <laughs> look inside that jar. But, you know, it's a noisy world. There's a lot of competition for our attention. We get mm -hmm. advice from people in our lives. We end up going down these paths. And so sometimes we don't just stop and think, I'm going to take the time to figure myself out. And that's one of the good things that comes from a time like this where we have this global pandemic. It makes people realize a few things. Number one, job security is an illusion. That's we right. Don't, that is we so don't, true. Yeah, I'm we glad don't, you said that. I'm so do, glad you said that. We don't have job security. So people have said, oh, I really want to do my own thing. I want to start a podcast, have my own business. But they just keep enslaving themselves. 
themselves to the man doing that thing. And, you know, some people love working for other people and that's great. But for people who never pursue their dreams because they say, well, I just have to stay with this security. That's really not there. We've, we've just learned. So now is a great time for people to stop and assess is the path I'm on the path that I should be on. Mm -hmm. Some people are saying, you know, I really like being at home with my family. I'm sure some people aren't saying that. Yeah, because <laughs> this, this is all this is all sunshine and roses and it's all new to people. And, and full disclosure, I, I've got to tell the audience, Kristen has been an encourager in my life because she's been behind the scenes kind of nutting me gently going, when are you going to launch your podcast? When are you going to launch your podcast? And so you're exactly right because people, Kristen, it's so easy today to do what you want to do because if you want to launch a podcast, I got some equipment on eBay for next to nothing that we're recording this podcast on today. And, you know, it's so easy to get those things done. But why do you think fear holds people back from, from doing what they really want to do? Oh, there, that's, that's a, a loaded question. I think there's a lot of different reasons. You know but... me, I like to ask loaded questions, Kristen, <laughs> but, but, but it does. I mean, it, it seems like fear, if, you know, it, it's kind of like if you could do A, B, or C what would stop you? You know, if you had a million dollars and you could buy the home of your dreams, you know, it, well, in West Virginia, a million dollars could really buy you a lot. I mean, but, you know, but, but if you could get what you wanted, what would stop you? But Chris, I think fear, and I didn't mean to, to cut you off, but I think fear is the biggest factor that keeps people from really going after what they want, not only in their job, but in life. Yeah, I mean, some so some of the fear comes from that experience bias or what people call limiting beliefs. So they they have these opinions formed by ne negative experiences. So maybe they had abuse or trauma, or maybe they did have a, a previous failure. You also have things like perfectionism. So sometimes people don't move forward, and it's interesting because perfectionism actually is not trying to be perfect. It's trying to avoid not being good enough. That is that is so powerful. That is, will you say that again? Will you repeat that? That is so good. Uh, sure. I said perfectionism. Perfectionism is not trying to be perfect. It's trying to avoid not being good enough. Hmm. And so, and, and when you have somebody who's I mean, the root of that word sounds great. Perfect. Who doesn't want to be perfect? Mm -hmm. And it sounds positive, but perfectionists are actually shown to achieve less and experience more stress than, uh, than other high achievers. It, it's really a path to depression, um, to life paralysis. It's, and I think some people won't take on things that are too challenging because they will not be good enough. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's okay, Kristen, to not be okay. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it's really okay because as you said a, a couple of minutes ago, and I loved what you said, God gives us all gifts that, that are unique and individualized to ourselves. You know, it's like the fingerprint, you know, you have a, set, a different set of fingerprints. I have, a, I have two sisters. 
I have a different set of fingerprints than my two sisters, even though we share the same biological parents, because God made me uniquely, uniquely different than he made them. And, and, and you're right. It's okay not to be okay. I've got to ask you this. As you think about things in your life, taking a look back, what was the biggest obstacle that you overcame in your life and how did you overcome it? I don't know that anyone's ever asked me that question. The biggest obstacle I ever had in my life. So there's a number of them, but I would say, um, so in full disclosure, my first husband is a wonderful, kind person. (laughs) Uh, I have my forever husband now. I'm, I'm remarried, but it was challenging to be married to him when he had addiction issues. So he um, he had some addiction issues with spending pornography and alcohol. So it was very challenging to try to protect my family from the out, um, kind of the fallout from that and be the primary wage earner. Um, thankfully he went to celebrate recovery. He's remarried to, um, a woman who's been just a really good, I guess, influence in his life. And he, he's, we have a great relationship. He's very engaged with his kids. So he's come through all of that. So, but, but it was a challenge at the time when we were married to, to have this sort of dysfunction that I had never been exposed to in my life and trying to, to be, I am, I am a high achiever Mm. trying to do, do that in the face of just living in dysfunction was really, really challenging. You know, and, and that's the thing is a lot of times that people don't, I, I can't understand that in its fullness, Kristen, because I've been married to the same woman for 23 and a half years. I wonder at times why she stayed around, but to God love her, she is the salt of the earth. But I've not, I've not come through that. It's hard for me to relate, but I think what we can all relate to is there are struggles that we all have in our lives that we have to overcome. And sometimes there's not a happy ending of overcoming. Sometimes there's that, that marriage, that story, that fairy tale getting together that all of a sudden it just comes apart. That's just life. So I would ask you this kind of as, as we put a a bow on this podcast today, what is the best or the single biggest piece of encouragement that you could offer our audience? I should ask it this way and forgive me audience. What is the best piece of intentional encouragement that you would offer the audience? I really think it's important to affirm yourself. It's not narcissistic or conceited. I think you should start every day being thankful for who you are and for your gifts. And I, I would say, say out loud to yourself, I am a masterpiece. I am a masterpiece and I have been created with a purpose because that is the truth. That is so awesome. And, and Kristen, I want to park there for just a minute. I know I, I said, what's your single biggest piece of encouragement? You know me well enough to know that that, that you'll, you'll, you'll say something and I'm like, wait a minute, that sparked something else inside of me. Masterpieces are original. For, for artists, those masterpieces are one of a kind. So how hard is it for folks to look at themselves 
as someone who is uniquely one of a kind? It's it's very difficult because we have this sort of default negativity in our brains and it really takes intentional thought process processes to get to that self-actualization, the place of creativity um, where you, where you really see yourself accurately. Um, I think self-criticism is something that most people struggle with at some point. Some people come through it. Some people live their whole lives that way. But I think it is really difficult for people, but it's 100% the truth. If you look at the word masterpiece, it comes from the Greek word poema, which means poem. So we are like God's poem. I love that. Wow. It's, it's really cool. That's yes. so powerful, isn't it? Mm-hmm. To think of it that way. Yeah. So embrace. I mean, if you, if you don't believe that you're unique, think about people that you admire in your life. Think about two people you know that are exactly the same person. Have, have fun doing that exercise. Let me know when you figured it out, two people who are exactly the same. So if you can look out into the world and recognize that every other person is a unique masterpiece, why would you be any different? Wow, that is so good. That is so good. Kristen, tell the folks real quick in our audience about your resources. I, I, I cannot end this podcast without you telling people how to get your resources how to find you, how to find your content, because you are the epitome of this podcast. You are an intentional encourager. And that's why I'm so thankful for our friendship. And I'm so thankful that you came on today to to do this with us and to share your story with our audience. So tell folks how they can connect with you. So they can connect with me on LinkedIn or at myumap.com. Those are the two best ways. And my resources are probably best uh, purchased on Amazon. So I have, I have four books currently on Amazon. If you're looking to discover yourself, if you want to prepare for a job interview, or if you're a manager and you need help, you can, you can find those resources. I don't know when this is uh, airing, but April 24th through 30th, my book UMAP is going to be on sale for 99 cents on Amazon in ebook form. You know what? I think we can probably move you up in the in the podcast rotation and get this out pretty quickly, you know, to, and get this moving. But Kristen, you are the absolute best. I can't thank you enough. I'm so thankful for your friendship. I'm thankful for the encouragement that you've given me. And thank you for telling your story today to the Intentional Encourager podcast audience. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much, Brian. I feel the same way about you. I really enjoyed that conversation with Kristen Sherry. She is a dear friend, as I mentioned, and she is a dynamo. She has a wonderful treasure trove of resources that you can get your hands on. Go to myumap.com and find her resources there. You will not be disappointed. Whether you're a leader and you want to make your team better that's where your team loves mondays can come in handy for you whether you are looking to change careers change jobs that's where the five surprising steps to land the job now or umap could be a great resource for you and so again go and check out kristen's resources they will help you so much my thanks as always 
to producer Bryce Sexton, technical advisor Matt Means, and ultimately to the Lord Jesus Christ, who gives intentional encouragement every day through his word. And until next time, remember everyone, everywhere, at any time, and any place can be an intentional.